Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include my interview with Eric Connors, SVP of Product Strategy and Management at ICE Mortgage Technology on the ICE Futures contracts, and what is driving investor interest in mortgage-backed securities. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Richie May. Richie May is a recognized leader in providing specialized advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. The firm has also consistently been recognized as one of the fastest growing firms in the country and has been named to the Housing Wire Tech 100 in Mortgage, Accounting Today Firms to Watch, and the fastest growing firms. The firm has also received multiple awards for excellence and firm culture from inside public accounting. To experience how Richie May can help you transform your mortgage business, visit richiemay.com. We all knew rates would move higher, but not at this pace. And companies have reacted. Layoffs, reductions in force, cutbacks, whatever the politically correct term is these days, are not confined to lenders. Blend made headlines last week with its layoffs. As a reminder, resumes for those displaced can be posted at Mortgage News Daily for free. The drop in volume has allowed companies to focus on cutting costs, and maximizing hedging performance and secondary marketing execution. Speaking of which, for today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Eric Connors, SVP of Product Strategy and Management at Ice Mortgage Technology. He's responsible for leading the overall product strategy for the Ice Mortgage Technology platform, including Encompass, the Encompass Connect suite of solutions, and other Ice Mortgage Technology products. Prior to joining Ice Mortgage Technology, Eric led CoreLogic's credit business as its general manager. He has also held executive and management positions at Yodley, Oracle, and PeopleSoft. Can you explain to our listeners what you've accomplished with the ICE Futures contracts? So we will be launching two future contracts on our U.S. residential mortgage indices, which we started publishing last fall. Uh, The first will be on conforming fixed 30-year mortgage rates, and the second will be on jumbo fixed 30-year mortgage rates. Um, The underlying indexes are all based on loan application data where the rate has been locked and are expressed in APR terms. So subject to regulatory approval, the contracts will begin trading on June 13th, 2022, um, and they'll trade on the ICE Futures US and will clear through the ICE Clear US. Just a little bit of details about the indices that these are based on. So last fall, we launched a suite of approximately 80 indices. They leverage anonymized and aggregate application data within our lending platform, and they provide a transparent and current data source to analyze the mortgage market. The indices are based on a daily pool of tens of thousands of anonymized lock rates um, applications. These are at the state in the loan process where the borrower and the lender have agreed and committed and locked on that interest rate, but it's prior to closing. So that gives the users of these indices a real-time a real-time look at what rates are doing in the market now, not what they might have been doing 30 to 50 days ago when it's based on a closed loan rate. Uh, these indices represent a composite rate, um, plus there's a bunch of rates based on loan type, loan purpose, borrower credit, loan maturity, a, a variety of different um, attributes of the loan. But the futures contract will be cash settled based on the underlying index value. Both are expressed in APR terms. And those contracts are constructed with a fixed DVO1 or 
a dollar value on a basis point of $50 per basis point. This means that for every basis point, the underlying interest rate moves in any direction, the value of the contract is going to change by $50. So this allows the participants to isolate their interest rate risk and, and have a really predictable linear return on their hedge as you know, that underlying asset fluctuates. So during the creation of the indices, we recognize that we have a really rich transaction set um, that we could base uh, a pretty unique uh, risk management tool on. And so we feel that the insight that we provide to market is a much more precise hedging instrument than, than what they have today. So they're designed really for participants along all parts of the mortgage life cycle. Um, and the, like as an example, if you are originating jumbo loans, you know, the TBA market is a pretty, not really a great tool to use to manage your pipeline risk. And so this future can give you a risk management instrument based on transaction data for jumbo loans that are actually being offered in the market. So we think that's going to be a very attractive alternative um, to some of the other instruments that we know those originators are using. So those participants that have a closed loan or securitized portfolios, maybe like servicers or REITs, these features will allow them to manage their risk directly against mortgage interest rates. Um, and that should help them eliminate any of the risks that they might be exposed to by leveraging other sorts of tools, especially like treasury markets. And then also asset managers that might favor hedging with money market interest rate products will have a more refined risk management tool for their institutional fixed income and, and retirement portfolios. And those sorts of portfolios can be heavily weighted towards mortgage-backed securities. You know, there's trillions of dollars of risk associated with mortgage portfolios being managed you know, throughout the U.S. Treasury and money market products. And so there's no real correlation to treasury or money market products. So if you consider the difference in volatility of mortgage rates versus treasuries, as an example, or as, you know, the extent to which rates can change, particularly as they have in the last two years, we believe our, our mortgage futures can provide a much superior hedge and provide material benefits for the bottom line of those, those businesses. The TBA market is the most liquid and consequently the most important secondary market for mortgage loans, at least up until now. Why did future contracts like these not exist until ICE brought them out? Well, you know, I think back in the 70s, I, I've heard that there was an attempt to build something similar based on Ginnie Mae. It was uh, traded, I think, in the Chicago Board of Trade, but it was a physically delivered contract back then. And, and because of that, it never really took off. And, and really the TBA market, when it, it was introduced, really put a, you know, sort of a nail in that coffin. And so it stopped trading in the 80s. But the fundamental problem has been the data needed to build something like this. It just really hasn't existed. You need data that can adequately represent the market. And most of the data that the alternatives are using is based on weekly data that is self-reported. And typically the way that works is they send out a survey on Monday and they publish the results on Thursday. So you might be getting rates that were published on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. And so as we all know, mortgage rates fluctuate in that time. And so we've seen a lot of that, especially over the last few years. And our data has the rigor of being from actual locks that are happening on the previous day. And so it's therefore very representative of, what, of what's happening in the market today. And we feel like that is going to be a, a very big advantage. So ICE itself has been active in the M&A game, uh, most notably in the mortgage industry with Encompass from Ellie Mae. 
what's the end game for ICE in terms of uh, acquisition strategy or, or where the, the company wants to be with its mortgage offerings and suite of products? Well, you know, our mission at ICE um, has really not changed. Um, it's all about automation. Um, how do we reduce friction, whether that be in markets or in the origination process, the lending process, um, all of the markets that we serve? Um, you know, in our case, where can we make lenders and how can we make lenders more efficient? How do we help, you know, them make more loans to give more consumers the ability to achieve that dream of home ownership? So, we are always looking for opportunities to push that mission forward, whether that be by building something, by partnering with somebody, or to bring another company together with our, with our own. And so our philosophy is really looking for how can we help eliminate that friction and, and further that mission of automating everything automatable in you know, what has traditionally been very uh, paper-based and manual-based markets. With the recent rise in mortgage rates that we've seen, can you talk a little bit about how best of breed technology or automation becomes as important as ever? So as the industry has changed and interest rates have changed, the dynamics within our industry have also changed and the focus from our lender community has also changed. We've gone from a glut of inbound activity that every lender is going to have to deal with as refinance market was booming to now a place where the purchase market is probably going to dominate. And that means that your customer relationships are more important than they ever have been. And your ability to capture a customer, hold on to that customer, and then process that customer as effectively and efficiently as possible is going to be key. One of the things that happens in this sort of market is margin pressure is going to increase. And especially in the short term, we're going to see the shift from a large work staff and, and look, figuring out how to manage your margins as volumes decrease. Um, there's going to be a transitory period around here. And you know, our belief is that automation is going to be more important than ever as this market shifts. It's going to be focus not only on your internal operations and processes, um, it's also going to be focused on underwriting. Um, and, and we have a variety of different products to offer around that. It's also going to be focused on managing leads as they come into the system and making sure that you're nurturing those relationships as they go through the process. And so you need to make sure that you have the systems that are going to allow you to do that. Um, of course, you're going to always do that with people, but given the margin pressure, um, having systems that are going to facilitate that and make that easier for you to manage is going to be critical. Unfortunately for ICE, their residential mortgage rate lock indices provide forward-looking insight to lenders and investors. So you're very well positioned there. And I want to close with a little more of a personal question here. You lead the overall product strategy for the ICE mortgage technology platform. Who do you actually go to for advice? <laughs> uh, well, first and foremost, you know, we, we tend to listen to our customers. They're in the trenches every day and we hear from them every day what they need and, and how we might be able to help them. And so they offer us a lot of advice. Sometimes that advice can be very pointed um, and sometimes that can be very helpful. But in addition to that, we, we are also very fortunate to be part of ICE. Uh, we have so many talented people from a variety of different places around the world to lean on. We can as an example, I can lean on the president of the New York Stock Exchange, of the ICE Futures in Europe Exchange. 
we have experts in ESG and a variety of other places. And so being a part of ICE has really allowed us to expand our opportunity to reach out across a variety of different places to, to gain that advice. And we continue to work very closely across not only our customer base and our partner base, but also across um, our own internal company. So thankfully, I have a lot of places to reach out to to get some advice. Eric, I want to thank you for making the time today, coming on and talking to me, and uh, hopefully I'll see you in, in New York in about a month here. I, I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Looking at bonds last week, mortgage-backed securities and U.S. Treasuries ended the week on a mixed note after Fed Chair Powell commented on the merits of front-end loading policy moves. The Fed hasn't issued a half-point hike since 2000, but traders see the Federal Reserve raising its target interest rate by half a percentage point in each of the next three meetings. Aggressive central bank hikes and the start of quantitative tightening now has December Fed funds futures implying a rate of over 2.80%. We saw last week that, for a brief moment, yields on benchmark Treasury inflation-protected securities, or TIPS, climbed back above zero. The fact that both moves came soon after a Fed official said he wouldn't rule out the prospect of a 75 basis point rate hike next month shouldn't be lost on markets. Maybe it really was a week when the Fed finally figured out it needs to get ahead of the markets and not simply guide them. Fed President Bullard saying he wouldn't rule out a 75 basis point hike suggests the Fed may be coming around to the idea that, to rein in inflation, it needs to inflict some shock and awe by tightening more and faster than expected. Investor interest in mortgage-backed securities is driven by many things including perceived credit risk. Black Knight reported that mortgage delinquencies declined 15.5% month-over-month in March, which has historically been the strongest month in terms of mortgage performance over the past 20 years. The latest reading puts the national delinquency rate down more than 50 basis points from February to 2.84%, shattering the previous record low set in January 2020. Robust employment, continued student loan deferrals, strong post-forbearance performance, and millions of refinances into record low interest rates have all helped put downward pressure on delinquency rates. Serious delinquencies, those 90 more days past due but not in foreclosure, are still 70% above pre-pandemic levels. The number of active foreclosures did edge slightly higher in March, up 7,000, which was the first year-over-year increase in almost 10 years. That said, active foreclosure inventories remain far, far below pre-pandemic norms. This last trading week of April means month-end supply, with $141 billion in fixed coupons and a heavier data calendar than last week, including updates on regional Fed surveys, several housing-related releases, durable goods orders, consumer confidence, the first look at Q1 GDP estimated at 1% with PCE, employment costs, and Michigan sentiment on Friday. Fed appearances are limited, with the Fed going into blackout ahead of next week's FOMC meeting. The week gets off to a relatively quiet start today with just some regional indices for April. Today through Thursday, the desk will purchase an average of $2.2 billion per day before releasing a new purchase schedule Thursday afternoon, covering the April 29th to May 12th period, and expected to total $20 billion. Today's schedule sees the desk in conventionals for $545 million of 15-year 2.5%-3%, followed by $1.4 billion of 30-year 3.5% and 4%. We begin the day with agency MBS prices up three-eighths to a half and the 10-year yielding 2.81 after closing last week at 2.91% with thoughts on a global growth slowdown. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. 
my girlfriend thinks I'm terrible in bed. Kind of an unfair judgment to make in less than a minute. (laughs) I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Richie May. In order to stay competitive and differentiate in the tight market, lenders need to find efficiencies and tighten their operations, leveraging systems designed by mortgage experts for mortgage experts. Richie May's advisory services team is made up of mortgage industry experts and designed to help you find efficiencies in the pursuit of compliance and assurance so that you can continue to drive growth and increase profitability. Visit richiemay.com advisory to learn more about how you can differentiate your business or to set up a meeting with one of Richie May's experts. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.